I'm Alicia Michalisek Kurtz. I'm a doctor in Sacramento, California, and the host of the Real Talk podcast. And I'm here today because there is a ton of information out there right now about COVID and coronavirus. And it is time for some real talk about what is true and what you actually need to know. We're getting calls and texts every single day from our family and friends and people just like you who are trying to figure out what's true, what should they actually be worried about, and what can you do for real to keep your family and yourself safe? So given that there's a ridiculous amount of information, our goal is to break it down into five quick take-home points that are at least accurate for now. Remember that all of this stuff continues to change, but this is our best attempt at distilling it down to these five main take-home points. First, most important above all, be informed, but get your information from accurate sources. Sadly, unfortunately, as of right now, that does not include the president, the White House, or any of our politicians. And this is not about Republicans or Democrats or independents or any party lines at all. It's just the reality that the president and the administration have several times in the past few weeks told blatant lies on national television. No, Mr. President, testing is not widely and readily available at every clinic and ER in the country. And no, people who want a test can't just show up and be screened and get results in a day or two. And no, Mr. President, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin is not a proven effective treatment for COVID. We don't have one of those right now. And I could go on, but the point is, It is not under control. And whether he means to or not, the president is not sharing facts. He's sharing fake news, things that are not true and not proven, and that if everyone listens to them, could cause the general public a lot of harm. So please, please, please stop listening to politicians as your source of medical advice. Instead, I definitely encourage you to listen to the president and your local political leaders to make sure that you know the latest guidelines about things like social distancing, shelter in place, what organizations and businesses are open versus closed, how are you going to vote, how are you going to access food, those kinds of things, which is their job. But you wouldn't call the Pope to find out how to fix your broken alternator. And you don't see the NFL coaches calling up the Dalai Lama at halftime to figure out their second half of the Super Bowl strategy. And you wouldn't ask Queen Elizabeth for her best tips on how to make your beach bod during this home quarantine time. So why would you ask a politician for advice about your health care? You wouldn't. So stop doing it. And while I'm at it, I should probably add that unless your friend is a doctor or a nurse or another healthcare professional or a scientist, you should probably stop reading people's Facebook posts, um, miscellaneous blogs, a lot of the opinion pieces on all sides of the news media, um, and, and basically anybody who's not a licensed healthcare professional. These people, the medical doctors and nurses and scientists, are updating their information every day. We are spending countless hours studying this virus, learning what is real and what is true, and bringing that information to you and changing the way that we screen for COVID and the way that we practice in the hospital every day based on those facts. And we are the only community that has been doing that. And for my healthcare friends out there, this brings an important challenge for you, which is make sure that that's true about you that you are also not giving into the hype, that you are reading accurate websites and sources, the science behind what's going on, so that you can propagate accurate information and be a source of truth for your family and friends as well. So where do you access these good, honest facts? 
I want to give you three resources that I recommend. The first, the Center for Disease Control. They have a site completely dedicated to providers with the latest screening guidelines and some other good facts about COVID. And they also have information for patients, how to know what to look for. When should you go see a doctor versus when should you stay home? So the CDC is a great, great first resource. Secondly, the American College of Emergency Physicians, or ASEP. This is the national organization that represents emergency medicine doctors like me. They have an awesome landing page where they've put together a bunch of links to other reliable resources that you can read, mostly for clinicians. But if you're an interested non-healthcare professional and you want good information, that is a trusted source. You could start there and read any of the links from that page. And then finally, third, if you're looking for a more global, worldwide perspective on what we're doing with coronavirus across the globe, go to the World Health Organization. They're going to have the most accurate statistics and news pieces that are vetted and accurate about how COVID is um, moving around the country and the globe and what efforts are being taken in different places to mitigate this, uh, the spread of this disease. Advice number two, if you are not a medical doctor, Please don't act like one for yourself or your family or your friends. And by this, I kind of mean two main things. And the first is, don't try to read medical literature or preliminary studies and apply it to your own life. We could spend hours talking about why this is true, but the basic gist kind of goes like this. I have had people reach out to me who said, I saw a study and it was published in this reputable medical journal and it says that X item can treat COVID or this thing can cause COVID or this thing can um, you know, prevent you catching it. And while I appreciate that everyone is trying to look at scientific journals for that information, those journals are not written to be digested by the American public. Instead, they're very specifically meant to be consumed by doctors and scientists and people who've actually been trained on how to read that material. The way that it kind of works is that early on, maybe we notice a pattern in something. And so a case series or a few examples of something are published. That is a cue for other scientists who want to design another small or a medium-sized study to look and see if that information holds true over a bigger population. Once that is proven and published, then we roll it out into bigger, more randomized, well-designed trials. And then those results are how we figure out if something is true or not true. We cannot tell from a small case series if something is going to truly be safe or effective or real for everyone. So what you're reading right now, because COVID is brand new, is those smaller case studies in those smaller populations. That's not meant for the general public to say, that medication works and I should take it to get rid of my COVID. No, 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 no. That's a cue for us in the medical community to guide some of the bigger studies that we're now trying to do to find those answers. The second piece of this, besides please don't read medical literature and try to apply it to yourself because you don't actually know how to consume that information and it's not as accurate as you might think it is and the way that you're applying is please stop buying and taking medications off the internet and supplements off the internet based on something that you read online. So a really good example of this right now is the hydroxychloroquine medication, which President Trump recently tweeted was a good treatment. And I've had a lot of people asking me about because there is a small study that suggests that it may be effective. Hydroxychloroquine, which if you were a doctor, you would already know this, 
it's a really risky drug. It causes things like permanent blindness and it has some really serious side effects. They're so serious, in fact, that if you're on that medication long-term for a blood disease, a rheumatologic reason, you get routine screening of your eyes to watch for that blindness and other lab tests to make sure that your other organs aren't failing because of this drug. So if you're somebody who's at home and you don't have symptoms yet or you have mild symptoms or you're in the hospital but you're naturally getting better then the risk of giving you this medicine that could cause horrible side effects like permanent blindness is not outweighed by the benefit of that drug, which is, as of right now, nothing. Nothing's even been proven to show that that drug would help you. Compare that to somebody who's in the ICU, on a ventilator. We are struggling to keep this person alive from COVID. Maybe in that setting, it would be the compassionate use of that drug to use that medicine as a trial to see if it helps that person because we're really throwing the kitchen sink at it. We're doing everything that we can to help them survive. In that case, the benefit of trying an unknown drug does outweigh the risk because the risk here is imminent death. So for that reason, please stop trying to make those decisions on your own and don't take that medical literature and apply it to you and your family at home. You don't know what you're doing. And it's not right to take medicines that weren't prescribed for you by a doctor or a PA or a nurse practitioner. So please stop playing doctor if you aren't one and stop trying to use medical literature to support the decisions that you're making. Instead, again, turn to the CDC and your emergency providers and your critical care doctors and all of us who are out there trying to provide you with accurate and real-time information. Advice number three, what can you actually do to mitigate the risk of this thing? Social distancing, wash your hands like a bajillion times, and stop buying all the things from the store. So item number one, social distancing. Even if you're not in a state like California where all of us are in shelter in place mode, which means you're not supposed to leave your house unless you're going somewhere essential to buy food or fill up your car with gas, or if you're a healthcare provider, going to work. Even if you're in a state where that isn't the case yet, you should honestly be very much limiting any contact that you have with humans that don't live with you. And the reason is simple. The vast majority of people who get COVID are going to have mild symptoms or moderate symptoms and will get better with no treatment whatsoever. But for the elderly and people with heart and lung disease or cancer or other immunocompromised like rheumatoid arthritis... It's not a benign disease. They can get really sick or end up on a ventilator in the ICU or even die. And if that happens to a handful of people at a time, our hospitals are ready for that. We can take care of those patients. But like in Italy, what happened was the virus spread so fast, the number of people who need a ventilator is more than the number of ventilators that they have. And so even if we do our best in the U.S. to make twice as many ventilators, at some point, the spread of that virus will overcome how much equipment and how much personnel we have to take care of those sick patients. And the only way to stop that rapid spread is to stay away from other people. This is especially important for those of us who think that we're young and healthy because you might actually not have symptoms at all, or you might have very mild symptoms that seem like seasonal allergies or a basic cold. I had somebody recently ask me if I just have a regular cold. How do you know? It easily could be COVID. And so the problem is if we go about our day and our business and going to the store and running around and spreading this thing all over, it's going to spread through our population too fast. So all of us, especially those of us who are young and healthy, need to stay home and socially distance from our friends and our family that we don't live with so that we're not spreading this disease to people who will get very sick and die and then overwhelm the healthcare um, system with too many sick patients for us to take care of. 
So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense. If in the end, nothing happens and you feel like this was all for nothing and America did fine and it went away, then it worked. That's great. That's exactly what we're hoping happens. So please don't let this nothing is happening around me thing misguide your insight, okay? If nothing happens around you, then the social isolation worked. So please take it seriously. Wash your hands for a full 30 seconds. There's a lot of fun videos out there of like singing I Will Survive or Happy Birthday Twice or whatever. Doesn't matter. Pick a song. Wash your hands well, especially before touching your face, your eyes, or eating food or touching your mouth. The last point I was making about the store, there is no threat from COVID of our food supply or our water supply going away. So the only threat on our supply of anything is people who are buying too much of anything. So please just go back to buying your normal amounts. And if you see somebody at the store with a cart full of toilet paper, kindly remind them that if they do that, then people at home with literally no toilet paper aren't going to have a way to wipe their butts. So please just buy what you need. The stores as of right now, there's no sign of that stuff being in shortage. So just buy your groceries and your stuff uh, in a normal way. Stay away from people at the grocery store. Give yourself six feet. Avoid touching your face uh, while you're in the store and wash your hands immediately when you leave or at least use hand sanitizer because that's a public space where a lot of people are and we don't want you to catch COVID while you're at the grocery store. Next thing, really important, stay calm. But take this seriously, especially if you work in healthcare. There's a lot of hype and a lot of fear uh, surrounding this virus. But like I said before, most people who get it are going to be just fine. So we don't need to be living with anxiety that this is the walking dead or the zombie apocalypse. It's not like that. It's for most of us going to feel like a flu-like illness, even if you get it. But taking it seriously is how we protect the people who would get very sick, especially the speed of how many of them get very sick. That is all of our responsibility. For the healthcare workers out there, the truest and most immediate threat to us isn't the virus itself, it's the lack of personal protective equipment. It's this idea that we are critically low already on the gowns and the surgical masks and the special N95 masks that we need to prevent us from getting that virus while we're at work. So my plea to the healthcare providers out there is twofold. The first, make sure you are a responsible steward of that personal protective equipment watch a video. I literally just did this last night. Watch a video so that you are 100% certain that you are using that equipment correctly, putting it on and taking it off to minimize exposure to you and to everyone else. Second thing, make sure you know when to use it and don't use it in situations when you're not supposed to. And on that note, hold each other accountable. If you see somebody who's using equipment in a situation where they're not supposed to be, maybe it's a random person walking around with a mask their entire shift, which is doing nothing to protect anybody from COVID, tell them, hey, stop. We're critically low on masks. Can you please stop wasting those masks by wearing them You know, during your whole shift? And here's the actual guidelines and when you do and don't need that personal protective equipment. I also know on the other half of this that a lot of people in our community are being told that their hospitals are low and there's no plan or they're being asked kind of some shady stuff like please stop using all the PPE because it's making people worried around you, which is totally inappropriate. We absolutely put up with a lot of ish in our job as doctors, but we must not sacrifice our own safety because if we get sick, then who's going to take care of our patients? So I would urge you instead of just complaining to be a solution-oriented leader. 
That's what you are as a physician specifically. You are the leader of the medical team. Be a leader at this time. Go to your administration and brainstorm solutions. I know I'm really proud of my hospital here that they're teaming up with the local Home Depot and some schools because they have supplies of masks that they're not using right now. As stores and schools are closing, if they have supplies, they're able to supply those to our hospital. So think about other um, community resources that you might use and work with your hospital administration and your medical staff offices to reach out to those organizations and see if your community can come together to support your hospital. That's just one idea. I'm sure there are others. The doctors, in my opinion, are some of the most brilliant minds, the smartest people I've ever met. Use that intelligence for good and brainstorm solutions and work together to be a solution driver and find ways to both conserve our PPE, use it appropriately, and find alternative ways to get it to our hospital so that we're not putting ourselves in danger. My final piece of advice for all of you is if you have the opportunity, thank a healthcare worker. And I'm not just talking about nurses and doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs. I'm talking about the environmental services and janitorial staff, the security guards, the respiratory therapists, the pharmacy technicians, the techs who help transport the patients all over the hospital, all of the people who are crucial to our medical facilities continuing to run, who are showing up every single day despite their anxiety and the added risk of being there to take care of you and to be there for the sickest of our community. Thank those people. It is a stressful time for them, for all of us, and they could really use your like virtual high five or elbow tap and encouragement and appreciation. Also, since we're all stuck at home with the people we live with, instead of getting bored or irritated, take it as a time to love on your loved ones. How often is it that we get forced to stay home and just hang out as a family? Eat dinner together, um, watch a quality movie or listen to the Real Talk podcast. Now more than ever, doctors are under scrutiny and we're in the spotlight. And I do feel like working in healthcare, people don't understand what it's really like for us. So maybe instead of judging, I would highly encourage you to listen to our podcast where you can hear stories from people working in medicine about what it's really like to work in patient care. You can go to www.vituity.com slash Realtalk. And then from there, follow the link to Apple or Google or Spotify or however it is that you like to listen to podcasts. But whatever you do, love on your loved ones, be patient, keep social distancing um, at a priority in your life. And if you have the chance to thank somebody who works in healthcare, please, please thank them. I'm Alicia, and this was some coronavirus real talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Head to vituity.com slash realtalk for more information or email us at realtalk at v-i-t-u-i-t-y dot com.